Welcome to Dan Malloy's Personal Power Podcast. Get ready to up your communication and commitment game. Hear from those who have succeeded using Dan's program. And now, here's Dan Malloy. Hey guys, how are you? Uncle Dan here. We're going to have an interesting discussion today, I think. Uh, something that's near and dear to everybody's heart. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about financing. Uh, I got some great guests coming up. After about 10 minutes, I'll bring them in. Um, I've got, uh, let me see, I've got Mr. Josh Borgstrom we're going to talk to. He's a, a, he's a, a, a guru in the world of uh, uh, financing on the retail for retailers out there. Uh, and I've got my friend and colleague and partner, Mr. Jeff Tucker, who's also an expert in the domain of financing and payment plans and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to talk about it as it relates to, to businesses today in today's age and consumers and all that. But first, I want to I just share with you, I, I, back in the day, many years ago, I was into uh, heavy into coins. And I, I studied the history of, of uh, uh, a lot about the history of money. And I also studied economics when I was in school. And I've, I've been studying, uh, I, it was my, my major was, uh, uh, was marketing, but I had a minor in economics. I think I only needed like six credits more, and I could have had a double major. But I was, I was always interested in, in the study of economics. And, um, you know, and now in my business, you know, I'm, I've been studying language and communication for 40 years, and so I talk about commitment. and all. So it, it really leads you into a question. It's like, what is money? What is money? You know, we're, we're familiar with money in the form of, you know, ancient coins from the old uh, uh, earliest times. I mean, that's what you find artifacts around. They find ancient coinage from, from the Greeks and the Romans and, and then, uh, of course, the Spanish. And uh, they're all over the world. People are finding them in excavations and stuff like that. And uh, um, what was the role of, of, of coinage, money, in the olden days in the old world economy? Well, I, I could share this with you, that before the, the European uh, explorers discovered the New World and all the silver and gold and everything with the, the Incas and the Aztecs had, money was hard to come by, real cash. I mean, it was, it was hard. It, it, finding gold and silver wasn't easy, and so there wasn't that, consequently, there wasn't that much money to go around. So it was slow. People used to trade horses and, and trade services and trade goats and pigs and whatever you could do. I and mean, that was, that was the, the basis of the economy. Then the Spanish sent their explorers over to the New World and they discovered all the silver and gold hordes that the Incas and Aztecs had. And so the, and they, they, they took it all. <laughs> and they loaded it on their their Spanish galleons and and set sail for 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 Europe. Well, a couple of things. One, it was the all all this vast hordes of silver and gold that really set the world economy off on um, uh, uh, you know on a tear. Because prior to that, like I said, there just wasn't a lot of coinage around to facilitate the uh, commerce. So when they found all the silver and gold, they they minted. You know all these new coins. You know Spanish real is is one of it. You know that term 
uh, a piece of eight. Well, that's what it was. A piece of eight was a silver dollar, basically. And they, they call it a piece of eight because what they would do is they break off bits of it. You ever hear that expression, two bits, four bits, uh, eight bits, a dollar? Well, that's what they were talking about was the bits. So back in the day, if, if you were going around, you had a silver dollar and you wanted to buy something and the merchant said it's two bits, well, you had to take a little pair of pliers out of your purse and break off two bits of the silver dollar and hand those two bits to the <laughs> to the uh, uh, so you know it's like two bits equals a quarter. That's what it turns out. That's so that's where the the, the really the source of of uh, of of the the new world economy came from was the all these vast hordes of silver and how they minted them into coinage and blah 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 all that kind of stuff. One little note in history that I learned over the years was that when the Spanish loaded up their old, not old, but their wooden ships in, in, in the Caribbean. They had sailed from Europe, and European waters are different than the Caribbean waters, right? So the ships were made from wood in that part of the world. So they get to the, get to the Caribbean, and the, uh, their ships got attacked by these little mollusks, mollusks that would attach themselves to the hull and, and bore into the hulls of the ships. So then they would, then they would and they didn't know this, they would load up the ships full of gold and silver, you know, tons of, of, of stuff that they would take from the New World, and they would set sail for Europe. Then they would hit a squall over in the, <laughs> in the Caribbean, right? And the ships would go down. They would fall apart and break up, and uh, they would sink. So that's why there's so many Spanish galleons wrecked in, uh, off around Florida and all in that Caribbean area. You know, because the the ships got destroyed. Well, a lot of them made it back, obviously, and so that's what fueled the world economy. So then, what what is money? What is money? What does it represent? You know, and here's here's a, my philosophy on all this. If you go back to, you know, what we talk about all the time in language, that that the source of commerce is really commitment. It's the exchange of commitments that produces. Commerce in general, the money always shows up after, after the commitments have been exchanged between you know the buyer and the seller. It's it's first it's a verbal thing, and then the money shows up to memorialize the transaction. Typically, so money. I mean, and today now now coinage has all but disappeared. Right, the silver certificates are gone. Dollars are almost gone. You see, young people today don't have checking accounts. Don't have anything. They just have a, a card. And now the cards are even going away, right? They, everybody just flashes a, something on their phone into the reader and boom, that's it. And it, it debits your account. It's all digital. So we've gone from having, having no money in the old days, right, to having all the silver coinage and, and the paper money and everything going to now we have digital currency that's all done. The money supply is controlled by computers. Things like Bitcoin, which I'm not—I don't have any experience with Bitcoin, but I know it's a digital currency. Which <laughs> the dollar is a digital currency in that sense. But th my point—my point is that credit ratings are really important. I think these days because having a good credit rating means that you have power, means that you can call to to bear. You know, you could borrow money. You can do things. You can buy a house, you can buy a car, all based on 
your word. We'll come back to commitment. People that are really skilled at making commitments and keeping commitments, in other words, are worth more than people that are not. And people that have, have accumulated a wealth of uh, a track record, if you will, of giving your word and keeping your word uh, have a good credit rating, typically. And therefore, they have power in the world. So you don't have to have cash so much these days, but you have to have a good word. You have to have a good reputation. And they keep, keep, keep track of that. Well, the credit union, credit, uh, credit rating agencies keep, you know, TransUnion and uh, whatever, I forget what the other one is, uh, Equifax. Um, so we come back again. You know, money, money today really doesn't even exist. I mean, not really. It, 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 it's just digits in the, in the bank's computer somewhere or in, you know, that's represented through your credit card or through your cell phone. But it's the, the power that you have by having a really good credit rating and being able to borrow, right, and um, I think is really, really, really important. And, of course, you can accumulate digits in your bank account and save and invest. That's also important. But, again, it, it doesn't really show up anywhere. It's all, all based on, uh, on, on language and the assessment that people have of you, that financial institutions have of you as a, as a human being, as a business person, as a person in society, yes, you have a 820 credit score or whatever, or a, or a 300 or 400. So anyway, we're going we're to get into this. So I'm going to take a short break right now, and uh, we're going to get into this with some experts uh, in the domain of uh, uh, finance and credit and uh, interest rates and uh, – uh, offering consumers credit and how that can help a business. Um, so we're going to put you on hold right now, and we're going to come back in a couple of minutes with our with our guests. Thanks, guys. Malloy Sales Development turns companies into commitment-based operations and their employees into commitment-based people because commitment for human beings is the foundation for everything. And in business, it's mission critical because the only time commerce happens in any company is when commitments are exchanged internally among employees and externally with customers and vendors. Visit us at www.malloysales.com. Good afternoon. Uncle Dan here. We have a fabulous uh, guest that I, I spoke about in the earlier segment. I've got my friend and colleague and partner, Mr. Jeff Tucker, and we have a special guest uh, with us today, Josh Borgstrom, who's uh, an executive in the in – the, uh, I'll let him explain what he does, but I know that he's, he's an expert in the, in the domain of uh, finance and credit as it relates to uh, the retail industry and uh, is with a, a firm. I'll let you explain, Josh. I'll let you tell about your company. Um, uh, that would be great. Why don't we start there since you're our special guest awesome. today. We're going to talk about money today, by the way, folks. Today's topic is money, credit, finance, all of it. Tag, you're it, Josh. Great. All right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I work for West Creek. We're a, uh, a fintech, which is a finance startup. And what we do is we specialize in the no credit space. 
and that uh, is more of like the lease to own um, tertiary financing. So, you know, people who have, when you say no credit, that doesn't mean no credit check. It means no credit score. Um, we'll take people who your normal traditional financing companies won't help and we'll offer them, um, you know, multiple finance options with low payment. Cool. I went to your website. I was, I was looking and it said, you know, reinventing the point of sale financing. And this is interesting because we, we are, Jeff and I are in the process of reinventing a bunch of industries, right, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. So anyway, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting topic, I think, money, because in at least in our world, we work with lots of people in the, in the business-to-consumer space, auto repair entire companies, car dealerships, uh, furniture stores, uh, dental operations, chains of dental stores, propane companies. I mean, there's all different types of companies. How, how, how does money, I mean, what kind of advantage can you have by working, Josh, by getting a, a, a good payment system set up for a company so in, in a way? Right, because right now, I, I think it's also interesting to look at different industries. You know, why are some industries really good at the whole credit thing and, the, you know, the payment plan uh, offers and why some aren't? I mean, what's that all about? Yeah, I think, you know, in, in different industries, um, in some industries, it's, it's more prevalent and it's become habit. Um, if you take a car dealership, for example, or, um, you know, furniture stores, when you walk in, they talk to you about payments and financing versus take a tire store they may, or even a normal retail store. Um, when you get to the, the checkout and you're ready to pay, that's when they bring up, hey, do you want this credit card? We'll give you this discount. Let me ask you a question about yeah. that. Because, I, I, I mean, I've got tons of credit cards. I've got great credit scores and everything personally. But whenever you go into a, a, like a Best Buy or someplace like that, they're always, always offering you at the point of sale where you're checking out. They, every one of them offers you a credit card. And they, oh, I'll give you twenty dollars off if you buy use the home, if you get a Home Depot credit card right now, you know. And it's like, why are they doing all? Why are they, why is everybody doing that? Yeah, so I mean, the one thing is, is you're giving someone the open to buy, and we know that consumers either have wants or needs, right? So that's kind of what we make emotional purchases on. So when you go to a store like that, uh, I think the the stores that offer at the end, the big mistake is they're not opening the offer to buy before the transaction. So they have, they're banking on the fact that if you get a Best Buy, for example, you get a Best Buy credit card, well, you'll come back to Best Buy and spend more money at some point versus offering the financing up front, getting some approved, and then letting them make the purchases they want. Um, you know, same thing if you were to go to a, a tire store. Most people don't wake up on Monday morning, get a flat tire, and they're excited to go to that store. <laughs> no. And then they, no, then no. there's, come on, you know, <laughs> nobody, That's nobody. Right. By the way, Jeff, I mean, Jeff, we want to, but go ahead. Jeff Tucker owns three auto repair and tire stores. In addition to which, he's also a. Um, hold on one second. He, 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 I'm sitting here, and a giant ant just crawled right in front. 
right in front of me. <laughs> I got distracted. I apologize. I thought it was going to take off with my uh, my water bottle here. Uh, anyway, um, where was I? I was explaining, Jeff, what you do. Jeff Jeff is an entrepreneur. Jeff has three uh, order repair and tire stores. He's also invented a payment plan system called TAPS. So yeah. we'll get into that in a second. But go, go ahead, continue, Josh, with what you were saying. Yeah, so, I mean, it's 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 the, um, you know, so, like, what we do is, like, we own financing. And, like I said, it's a little more high risk. And when we talk to retailers and we start going through the credit spectrum, I think a lot of the discomfort comes from the retail associates not really understanding what offering payment options can do at the counter. And historically, it, that isn't the market. I mean, when I ran retail stores, we didn't have a lot of the financing options we do now uh, for consumers. And what's interesting is when we talk lease to own, for example, for you know the no credit market, people are like, what's that? Or I'm not interested. And the funny thing is, I don't know exact percentage, but a huge amount of consumers right now are lease to own customers. They don't even know it because most people don't go buy a cell phone and pay cash for it. Right. So if you take That's a right. new iPhone you're paying lease, you're making a lease to own payment every month because when you walk into a cell phone store, they say, here's a brand new iPhone. It's only $1,200 and everyone cringes, but for $18 a month, you can get it. That's, that's a great point. That's a great example to use. And, you know, we, we could use that in the, in the stores as well. And to bring that point up that, it's almost frowned upon as if, as if it's a, you know, an ugly duck or something, but it's really not. Main thing is, is this whole avenue of uh, financing or payment options in general opens the doors for us as retailers. I mean, it really opens the doors for us. And aside from your, you know, uh, chain stores or retail outlets, such as your best buys and that kind of thing for us, it changes our ticket. I mean, because and allows us to help people get what they need for their car and not be, not make it such a grudge purchase. You know what? Part I, of the reason it's grudge I, purchase a lot of times is because they don't have the money to do what they need to do. Yeah. You know, and Jeff, I, I think I loved your story, you know, about how you invented the TAPS system. And, and I think we could share. You could share. I'd love for you to share with everyone who's listening to this podcast um, how you did it, because I think I think it's a brilliant invention, and uh, I guess Josh does too. That's one of the reasons he's here because you introduced it to him. He learned about it like I did, you know, and it's, it's helped to change my business around. That's for sure, uh, and what we do. But I mean, ultimately, I'm here on the planet to help people, you know, to help our clients, you know, and and I think. You know, companies like West Creek exist to help the consumers, right, ultimately. Right. And in, in the process, obviously, you're helping the retailers as well, you know. But tell, tell the story about how you – what you were up against and how you invent, came up with this idea for the TAP system and what, it, what it's all about. Yeah, this, this all came about from necessity, basically. So uh, – 2008 and nine was pretty tough for most everybody in retail. And we, we just, what part of financing that we done was on the credit card side. And we knew those customers were still coming. 
but we we couldn't get any more customers to come around because either you know credit was all bad at that time or, or whatever the case might be and and the limitations of credit when well you're that's talking where about the economy is you're talking about 2008 2009 in Tennessee where you're from in in right. rural Tennessee 100 miles outside of Memphis the economy was in the right. tank and your people this is right. part of this so don't leave this out it's important that the economy was going south and people were in trouble right so that's you right. had you had to do something For, yeah that's right I, I i had to do something i was trying to keep my business going and, and allow my business to grow. And so that's where all this could drive from. I, I found that, you know, one or two of the credit was uh, credit card companies that did for auto repair and tires was good, but it didn't appeal to everybody. So that's where I started venturing out. But, you know, for, for us in the retail space, learning how to present it, like Josh said earlier, it's we had to develop our presentation process and develop how to make all that happen. So yes. that's where TAPS came from and being able to take the information once and then send it out to multiple lenders if needed to get the consumer the available money they needed to make that transaction happen. So, you know, in turn, helping us as dealers uh, helping the consumer get what they needed when they needed it, uh, and then having good partners such as West Creek to make all that happen. What? Yeah. So, how, uh, how did you hook up with West Creek? How did you guys get together on this? And I know you're working very closely together now. And it's very exciting for me to see it happening. Well, you know, you know, just like Josh had said earlier, is. You know, some lenders that that we've we've run across over uh, our time is have been. You know, I, I want you know I want 100 percent of the applications. I want all the business. I don't want you to have any other lenders. Lock it down and, and that kind of thing. Um, lenders set criteria just like Josh has his criteria that he he appeals to a certain demographic, a certain income, or, and whatever. And, and Josh can speak to that, but. You know, every every lender doesn't appeal to every different situation, and that's where multiple lenders fit the bill. And, and he understands that. He wants what appeals to his, you know, clientele base, the the particular criteria that they're looking for, and he's okay with the others going down the line. So that's his understanding of it is why uh, this, you know, we've been working so well together is because. Um, he knows that it's an answer to a problem at the counter for us as dealers. Yes. So because he's been there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Josh, when you first, how would you describe what it is that Jeff has invented? Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically a really unique. Um, so as you start talking about credit spectrum, and we kind of hit on this before where a lot of the, uh, you know, retail sales associates at the counter aren't comfortable with explaining credit as it is. Credit's a sensitive topic. And at the counter, um, you know, I know you always face, especially in, in repair and, and things like that that aren't, um, you know, the most exciting purchases, let's say. You have the consumer standing in front of you. They're stressed out You're because you nice. handed them a repair <laughs> bill. <laughs> right. And at the same time, 
if you only offer one type of financing, because you're usually your traditional big credit card companies who are using FICO score and, um, you know, for example, West Street uses big data to utilize the advantage of hitting a lot of data points to make decisions so we can expand the, the consumer base that we offer credit to. But what's unique in it is if you only offer those traditional cards, you're probably seeing a 50% or less approval rate. Mm-hmm. So you okay. had, you know, you're you're trying to sell tires or sell something to a consumer, and they tell you they don't have the money. So you give them the option of the credit card you offer without any other option, and then they get to client. So you're already in a stressful situation. Then you offer them something, they get to client. They're even more upset. Um, and I think historically that's kind of where people have been. Now, when you take Jeff's program, you're kind of consolidating the opportunity into multiple finance options. And with those options, your decline rate is way less. Yes. Um, you're probably, you know, 80% or more will get some sort of financing because you're not just sticking with one thing. So it, it improves the experience for the consumer because just because they didn't, you know, they're not a prime credit customer, they still need what they need. And for the RSA, they have a comfort level knowing, hey, if I run it through this system, I'll probably get it approved from somebody. Yes, that's interesting. Let me ask you a question because I think it's an important topic given we're talking about uh, financing uh, uh, payment plans in the retail space. What percentage, if you look at the whole nation, if I don't know if you can answer this, maybe you can, I think you can, what percentage sure. of the general population needs help financially to, to make, say, a, a th- say they have to do a thousand dollars, they have to make a thousand dollars worth of uh, purchases. What percentage of the population needs help? So there's, there's a couple different numbers and metrics we can look at. First, um, 45%, and this is pre COVID numbers, obviously with the current market, things are going to change a little more with unemployment spiking and uh, stimulus and things like that. But pre COVID, uh, 45% of the consumer market was considered subprime. 45%. So, wow. 45%. So you figure it's about 115 million people wouldn't qualify for your traditional credit cards. So if you were still only offering traditional credit card to support consumers, you're missing a huge chunk of the market. Um, and we joke because, you know, I'm a automotive tire and an auto guy from my past before financing, but I work with a lot of guys who are very big into data and tech and finance background. And we always joke, it used to be big eight, the small and retail. And today it's the fast eat the slow. So when you look at okay. retailers who have evolved into offering payment plans, multiple options, they're able to help a consumer base that some of the biggest companies out there can't get a hold of. Wow. What and a it's great simply because they figured out how to do it. I, I put an answer. I wrote that down. I, can I quote you on that? I think I think I think I heard Jeff Absolutely. say that once. The fast eat the slow. Didn't you say that, Jeff? <laughs> no, I'm joking around with you, Josh. I, I love it. I love the expression. I wrote it down and put an asterisk next to it, and it's 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 so true. Very powerful. So the other metric concept you yeah. can look at, not to interrupt you, but the other metric you can look at, um, and and this was done independent study, uh, 65% of the U.S. consumer market cannot afford a $1,000 repair 
uh, if necessary, right away. Wow. So you have huge consumer base that's, you know, not able to secure traditional financing, but then you have an even larger number that if it was a thousand dollar emergency, they had to buy it today. They couldn't afford it. Yeah. It's crazy. So if you're a retailer and you say you have a, 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 a furniture store or a, or a auto repair and tire business and you're planning your marketing and you're looking out around your store, say, you know, a 10-mile radius, right? You can figure that roughly 50%, 40, 40 to 50% of the people in traditional ways are not good prospects for you because they don't have the resources. Unless, unless, yeah, I mean, unless you offer something that would be like, unless you have a TAPS program that would, might include West Creek, right? So that's what you're saying. Yeah. So when you look at, you know, like if you have a, if you have a TAPS program and you have a couple finance options, even, you know, cause there's usually, let's say three tiers, um, of, of different profile for mm-hmm. credit. But if you have TAPS, you cover the majority of the market in some way. Um, you know, like I said, you're going to have multiple people in that system there, you know, you're going to get approved for a huge amount of the population versus just having one option. So if you're in a retailer, you know, you spend a ton of money in advertising, you want as many people and as much traffic as possible. And if you do all of that and then you get them there and then you can't service them, it was a big waste. Um, and the other part of that is, you know, a lot of traditional companies and some even in subprime charge an MDR, which is a merchant discount rate. And you can, talk to retailers and they, they start out with, oh, it's going to cost me two or 3%. And they're looking at it from, well, if I ran this on credit today, it's going to cost me two or 3% of what I have. They're not looking at it from the other side of, if I increase my business 20% and it only cost me 3% because I offered credit, that's a really good deal. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. What do you look at? You know, it's like, as opposed to traditional, like credit card companies, whatever. What is it that West Creek is looking at when you when you you're sizing up a consumer? They're standing in Jeff's store, and he puts it through on the TAPS program, and West Creek is one of. What do you look at to determine if this is a good risk or not? So, like I said, we uh, we use big data. So traditional companies will look at FICO score and maybe about a hundred data points. In that same 15 to 30 seconds it takes to run an application, we look at about 6,000 data points. 6,000 on, so one, co- on one consumer? Yeah, absolutely. Which sounds crazy, but <laughs> there is that much data out there. Really? Um, and when you look at it, it's, you know, we look at payment history and, and many different points. And the reason is, is it gives us the decisioning of we're not just basing on that FICO score. And we can take people who, you know, a lot of people are are new to the U.S. and they need credit. They never had it before. You have a lot of young people who have established credit. Right. It allows us to service people who have good jobs, but they just don't have any established credit. So they're great consumers. We support them, um, and it gives them the opportunity to buy like anyone else. But. They don't. It, without that, they don't have that opportunity to make those purchases. Yes, 
Let me, let me ask you another question. And, and, you know, obviously Jeff's in the auto repair entire business. We have a certain fondness for that industry. That's where I got started in the retail space 22 years ago. And um, what what industries, and we know that they, they struggle. In the auto, auto repair entire industry, they struggle talking about payment plans, financing, credit, all that. We're trying. We're changing. We're in the process of changing that dramatically we're, we're, with our clients. But what industries, in your opinion, are the are the best at talking about payment plans? We touched on it a little bit before, and, and why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, the big three that I would say have it really dialed in. Um, first are car dealerships. When you go to a car dealership, and I mean, I think back, I never thought a Ford F one fifty would cost sixty five thousand dollars, right? And that's <laughs> is that just what they the cost? going rate today. Is that what they cost? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're yeah, like fully really? loaded. I think they're in the sixty thousand dollar range. So just that, for example, if you're a consumer walking into a dealership and you say, "I want a Ford F one fifty," they don't go, "Well, that's just going to be sixty five thousand dollars today." They're like, "Well, what do you want to pay in payments?" And how do you, well, how long do you want your terms and all of these different things to make sure they can get you into that vehicle? So they really are extremely good at financing. The other one is, is furniture, mattress, and appliance stores are very well versed in credit. Furniture. You get up on Saturday with your significant other, you go to a, a furniture store. If you're planning on spending $500, you're probably going to walk out spending $1,500. Because they talk to you about the financing options when you walk in. Yes. The yeah, third and, one, and you is, buy a lot more furniture. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the furniture stores have it dialed in, and they have the same thing. Kind of Taps provides. They have multiple options to suit everyone, and then different term rates. You know, some people spend five thousand dollars and they get a sixty-month term, and they never planned on buying a full room full of furniture they plan on buying one thing the other one like i said and i brought this up earlier uh cell phone companies they have financing especially phone financing dialed in better than anyone really hmm. interesting i never thought of it like that but i guess and then you mentioned it's true yeah and it's more they kind of do it in reverse with the the shock factor of your new cell phone's $1,200 and no one really wants to pay that knowing that, you know, cell phones go out of, out of style within six months, the next best thing's out. But up front, they tell you, you know, and I mean, that's how they advertise. If you look at all cell phones, they don't ever advertise the full price. It's $18 a month or $22 a month for the latest and greatest thing. And they kind of do it. They, they actually do it. So in two years, when your phone's out of touch, you just come back and get a new phone and do the same thing over again. Right. Yeah. They get you into the system. Very true. Do you think, do you guys think, and this, Jeff, maybe let me go over to you on this question. Do you think that consumers are tired of getting pitched credit? You there, Jeff? I think we lost Jeff. I think it's the it's the it's the Josh and Dan show. Are you there, Josh? 
<laughs> I'm here. You're there. Okay. What What do you think? Besides, Jeff got bumped out somehow. Yeah. So the um, to answer your question, I think you know what I'm going to do, Josh. Real quick, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take. We're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to find Jeff, and we're going to bring him back into the conversation. All right. Perfect. So we'll take a we'll take a two minute commercial break here. Stay tuned, guys. We're going to get Jeff back again, and we're going to uh, continue this, I find, fascinating discussion about money. I got other questions to ask the guys, and we're going to locate Jeff. (laughs) Dan Malloy's Personal Power Blueprint is a game changer. This podcast is designed to open the door to unlimited personal power by teaching you how to communicate more effectively and to sell more. It's based on a philosophy Dan developed called the language of commitment. Listen and subscribe at www.malloysales.com. Hey guys, uh, we're back again and we found Jeff. We're glad he was he was he was out <laughs> driving around in his Fabulous F two fifty. Excuse me, not a one, <laughs> not a one fifty, Josh. Uh, I, actually, I wish that was the excuse. I was sitting in my office and just decided not to decided to drop the call. I guess the call so. dropped. But uh, <laughs> Jeff, what what do you notice? Given you run a, a very successful old family business in uh, auto repair and tires, and you're, you've developed this fabulous TAPS program, how would you characterize the the average? Uh, order repair and tire dealer when it comes to um, you know, what, how they offer what Josh and what you have created. You know, Josh's, you know, West Creek product what, through, right. you, know, you know what I'm saying? His, how would you characterize it? Yeah, his, historically, uh, first of all, just to do the general credit, you know, offer the financing option just in general, um, it is is always been a pain because they don't understand it. Um, they're, they're afraid to hurt anybody's feelings. They're afraid to pry information out of somebody to, to get that, you know, to get that going. You mean, you mean you're talking about the service um, advisors in, in the average business is afraid. Right. They don't know how to bring it up and they're afraid to hurt people's feelings if they get declined or anything like that. That's that right. You're saying? Okay. They, you know, with, with the, with the, you know, um, I, I call them tier one lenders or their big credit card companies. The approval rate's not that great. You know, if you were to offer it to everybody, the approval rate would probably be 30%, 40%, just in my experience, okay? And it may be different around the country, but just in my experience, it's only a 30 40%, you know, approval. Okay. Well, what what changes that is when you bring Josh in and, and have that different product to offer, and then all of a sudden, um, you change the whole attitude after they use it for a while. So, you know, first of all, we got to get past this um, idea of the service advisors not offering it to everybody. You know, we need to offer it, I I call it early and often. So it has to be offered right up front. It has to be offered just like a product. So if you sell tires and do oil changes and do shocks and struts and do tires and wheels and lift kits, you know, you also have payment options with or without credit if you'd like to take advantage of any of those. Yes. So it needs to be a product option that you offer. And so by changing their mindset, which is what we do in, in our training, power sales training, TAPS training, we change their mindset, but then you have to back it up by give, increasing that approval rate. 
because if they still go by out and have, you know, seven, eight out of 10 people that, that don't get it, that's discouraging to those salespeople. Yes. Yes. They're like, yes. well, it's not worth my time. Okay. But you know, where Josh and I have, have teamed up here is we're able to, uh, because we're appealing to more people and a larger um, set of criteria, then all of a sudden now we've got 80, 90% approval rate on everybody that walks through the door, not just the last ditch effort to save the sale, because that's what it's always been. Oh, right before they're walking out, Ask them if they want financing. Oh, wait a minute. Right. Yeah. Oh, wait you know? a minute. I've got yeah. something for you. Yeah. It never Yeah, it, I need to tough. save the sale, right? It's, so, it's the wrong place to do um, it, right? That's what I was fascinated completely by. Completely wrong. What you gentlemen, we talked earlier in the week, uh, and, and you, you talked about the, the uh, furniture business. And I was thinking right. how, you know, when you get together with the wife, Right, I'm talking from a guy's perspective, and you say, "All right, honey, we're, we're, let's go out and let's pull the trigger on that bedroom set that, that you're looking at, or that we, we want to get a new bedroom set. It's been 20 years; we got to get something new." But it's something that you want to do, right? Together as a couple, you're going out to make an investment. You want to make your life better, or a living room, or whatever yeah. dining room. It doesn't matter. You're, so this is the mindset, number one. Number two, the the furniture company, the business itself. When you walk in, you might have a, a figure in mind, <laughs> like Josh was saying. Maybe you want to spend you, – you have an idea you want to get a new bed, right? new bed. And, and then when you walk in, the salesman has an idea. He wants to open new possibilities for you. <laughs> so That's instead right. of just getting a bed, you get, the, you get the nightstands and you get the bed, something else at the <laughs> foot of the bed. You better go without her. You better go get the bed without her. <laughs> you're right. You're better off just yeah, – just send the bed over on the truck and be done with it, right? <laughs> no, but my point, my point is, I think it's a big point, is that in the furniture business, they appear to be, from what you're reporting to me, they, they're yeah. skilled at the conversation of creating something that's bigger for the customer, for the consumer. And, and saying that, okay, that's what we're changing for dealers, though, because... With our system and, and, and Josh on and, and being able to uh, change the mindset of the sales team, yes. think about this. The, you know, they don't want to make this grudge purchase in our case, okay? Right. This time. But now, all of a sudden, I make available, hey, it's, don't worry about what your future is going to look like if you spend this $800 because it's only going to be $40 today. And you can pay for it over time. Okay. So now you've just eliminated the, their stress for this day. The next time they need something, do you think it's going to be a stressful visit? Not at all. They're going to walk right up. They're going to do the same thing and it's going to be so much easier on them. All of a sudden now we're turning the tire store, the auto repair, not into a grudge purchase anymore because they know they can get it done and not be a stressful situation for them. Yeah, you know, and it, it fits so right I, in. I, Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. I truly believe it's going to change the the mindset of those dealers and their clients because it's not going to be that stressful situation anymore. No, and I, I've seen it work beautifully with some of our our, our clients uh, where they've just they've adopted the philosophy. They've become uh, a, a commitment based 
operations. And what that means is that when the consumer walks in, they're committed. They make commitments to help them, to take care of them. They're not afraid of the money conversation. <laughs> they're not afraid yeah. at all because they know, they know that they can find something for the average consumer. You know, they've got it. So it's like, yes, we can help you. We can help you with, with your auto repair, and we can help you with the money. I've got you covered on both. So let's figure out what you want to do. Let's figure out what's best for you. You know, and, 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 and you can expand it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Having, having credit and, and knowing that you have credit, right, which what does that mean? It, it means that you can move in the world. You can do things in the world. If you have credit, if you have the ability to do that, you can buy homes, you can yeah. buy cars, you can get your car fixed, you can do whatever you want to do if you have credit. And what does that mean? That the, means that, the, that people the, believe in you, that, that your word is good. Really what it means from my background, my, my experience is it means that, you, that people can count on you, that, you have, that your word is gold. And it moves people up in there. It's kind of like getting that new uh, bed and living room suit or whatever. It, it's able to move them into a different level of their life where they're like, well, I don't, you know, I, I've got people to take care of me on my car. You know, I, they're my shop now because we took care of them with their money issue. Yes. No, I've then, seen it. It's a very powerful combination. It, it just, yeah. yeah, it builds that future. And, and it works whether it's, it's a, I mean, this came from a time where I had to have it. I had to have something, but it works whether there's an economic issue or not going on. Yes. Because even if the economy is good, I, when the economy is good, I was still doing over 30% of my business was financed. <laughs> right. Crazy. And when it's bad, I'm doing over 30% of my business financed. Yeah. So it, it didn't matter when, what time of, you know, economically it was, it still works. Yes. So, very interesting. Hey, Josh, I got a question for you. What trends since you're you're in the you're in the business? I mean, Jeff's in the business. I'm in the business on some level, but as a neophyte. But I'm wondering, in your expert opinion, what trends are you looking for in the near future? Yeah, I mean, the big trends we're watching right now with the the current state is um, you know loan defaults are a big thing. So whether it's um, you know, vehicle and student loans would be the next big thing besides housing, which happened you know, now over 10 years ago. But we're really watching those trends. Unemployment is a big trend to watch. Um, you know, if you look at the current scenario, that's going to shift about 20% down in new car sales, which is going to increase the auto repair market. You know, the average car right now in the U.S. is about 12 years old. So is it really? Who, even though they're that's yeah, the average, it's about yeah? twelve years old on really? average. Wow. Yeah. Um, but when you look at trends, you know, with I, I think I read I read something uh, the NAD released something on um, you know new car sales, and I think this is going to disrupt it so much that they won't recover till twenty twenty two. So for the next two years, you're going to have a lot more people holding out of their cars, getting repairs, um, you know, which is great for the service side of, of, of the business. Um, but those are the kind of trends we're looking at. You know, re we obviously watch retail indicators and things like that, which is kind of crazy with most cities being 
shut down or un, under some sort of restriction, people are still able to shop online and buy furniture. And, uh, you know, a lot of tire stores reported, uh, you know, the, the June this year has been one of the best weeks and months of the year. So yes, uh, it, it's an interesting market right now, for sure. What about technology? You know, I mean, I, you, I, I was in looking at the website, the West Creek website, you know, cutting edge technology was mentioned any number of times. Yeah, so kind of to make the point uh, on what you asked earlier about people, uh, you know, are people getting tired of being pitched financing? Um, you know, I kind of jokingly say I don't think you should ever pitch your customers anymore. Um, just because we're, we are in a high-tech market and people shop differently. Um, but you want to start the conversation and you want to have it. A lot of retailers you'll see, well, we've got that big sign up there that says financing, but no one ever asks for it. Well, in today's world, consumers don't necessarily ask, but they'll Google everything and know what they want before they come in your store. Mm-hmm. But they'll wait right. for you to talk to them about it. So if they come in and they're prepared for financing and, you're, and you never talk to them about it, those consumers that leave. And on that side of the counter, it's like, oh, they just weren't ready. Or, I mean, people don't just come to tire stores shopping most of the time. They're prepared <laughs> to make a purchase, right? <laughs> or or don't right. call them. The same so, thing on the phone, sure. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, with tech, like you were asking about on our end, I mean, it's as simple as if the consumer calls, here's the services we offer. You can give them a quote over the phone. By the way, we have these payment options. We can text you the application. They can do everything at the comfort of their home on their smartphone before they ever come to the store. Now, if they just come into the store, you can do the same conversation. They can sit in the showroom and fill it all out. And that way, if, let's say, they they came in prepared to buy tires and you tell them they need brakes and an alignment on top of it and they weren't prepared for that, they're already prepared with financing to, to say, you know what, just go ahead and do it. And we see that all the time for the stores that are have adopted that philosophy. It's just making the consumer comfortable that you don't have to make them uncomfortable with the conversation. Yes, right. Comes down to language, comes down to communication all the time. Well, guys, I think this has been a Absolutely. fabulous, fabulous uh discussion for me i learned a lot and i'm, I'm appreciative josh uh, jeff that you guys were here anything uh, jeff anything to share to wrap up here today uh glad to be here thanks for the invite uh thanks josh for coming in appreciate you uh your uh, knowledge and sharing your knowledge with us <laughs> yeah no great great partnership that you you guys have developed and uh, uh josh anything to share uh, about you and your business before we wrap this thing up? No, I think, I think I shared a good amount on it and, you know, we're, we're looking to help any dealer and one thing I'll say to any dealer out there, you don't have to use West Creek, but do something. Um, you have to, you have to get with the, the times and the consumer base to make sure you can support them with your business. That's fabulous. That's a great way to end it guys. Again, we're all committed. All three of us are committed to helping our clients, helping the dealers, helping uh, business people improve their businesses. And uh, so I just want to say thank you for, my, for the guests here today, for Jeff and Josh. And uh, we'll be back next time. We're going to take a little break right now, and then I'll be back to wrap up, and we'll be, uh, we'll be done.
Malloy Sales Development turns companies into commitment-based operations and their employees into commitment-based people because commitment for human beings is the foundation for everything. And in business, it's mission critical because the only time commerce happens in any company is when commitments are exchanged internally among employees and externally with customers and vendors. Visit us at www.malloysales.com. Hey guys, Uncle Dan back here again. That was a great show. Uh, I really, the whole idea, the whole premise behind uh, Jeff's program, the TAPS program, making the TAPS training and everything that I work on with him is, is I've seen it have fabulous results with with our clients all over the country where, you know, just helping them do a lot more business. Even even during the COVID crisis, their businesses are improving. And, uh, and Josh is a big part of that. West Creek Financial is a big, big, big part of what we're doing, um, uh, along with many others. But it's really just just a fabulous, fabulous uh, partnership that we've developed here together. And uh, so listen, you can learn more by going to MalloySales.com. And you, you, there's all kinds of webinars. You see the, the rest of the podcasts that we have up there. We've got a whole bunch of them available right now on the website. And uh, uh, there's plenty of uh, uh, podcasts that we have on demand. And uh, so with that being said, I'm going to sign off for today, and we'll see you uh, next next week on the next podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>